Have you ever wanted to be the first to know if aliens really exist? Well, with Nebula, you can be! Nebula is the streaming service that's home to its Probably Not Aliens, as well as our YouTube channels. And the best part? All of our content goes up early on Nebula. So when we break first contact with E.T., you'll be the first to find out. That's right, you'll be able to listen to the next episode of this show before anyone else. Plus, we post bonus content that you won't find any other place. And the best part? By signing up for Nebula at nebula.tv slash probablynotaliens, you're directly supporting the show and both of us. So don't wait any longer. Join Nebula today and be the first to know if this time it really is aliens. awesome bit where it feels like you're just walking in on a conversation while it's happening. But uh, this one's got a little bit of a content warning for a few things. Like this is a podcast episode about mutilation, death, animal abuse. And, uh, you know, it's also kind of gross. So if you're watching with children, listening with children, or maybe eating lunch, this might be one to pick up at a different time. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how to take it from here now, Tristan. Yeah. So today we're doing a very a staple of the UFO movement. Okay. All right. The energy's back. So this is probably one that if you were to take like your top 10 things you know about UFO stuff, yeah. uh, you've got your Area 51, you've got your Roswell. Uh, and this one is up there and that is cattle mutilations. Yes. Actually, I was talking to my, my girlfriend, Emily, about this episode and as soon as I mentioned it, she was like, oh, classic, absolutely classic alien stuff. So even even she knows, uh, even even the lay person like our set, like me and her know about aliens messing with animals, specifically cows, uh, which is very, very specific. And I, I'm wanting to know if there's like a history behind that. I don't know what the, what the deal is with that. Well, it goes to, it takes us all the way back to the 1970s. And we're going to go through some very interesting things about not only the science of cattle ranching, but also the science of decay and decomposition and all sorts of cool, fun stuff that I intentionally decided we needed to make an episode about. So all sorts of fun guy. Did mm. that did that track did that that played, right? You understood yeah, yeah, what I was yeah. going I, for? Yeah. I was laughing on the inside. Awesome. That's that's cool. Well hey everyone. Yeah, this is yeah, we didn't uh, do that last week. <laughs> here's the thing, folks. We are so good at this podcast. Last week, we were so sloppy at the introduction that we didn't even introduce ourselves. This week, we made up for it by having an entire planned out opening as a for like a content warning for you all. So we're making up for it. Uh, hi, well, this is a podcast. It's called It's Probably Not Aliens. You're listening to it right now. It's a show where we uh, take a bunch of ancient alien theories, sometimes not that ancient, sometimes very uh, current alien theories, and we talk about them, and we learn a little bit about the world and the interesting people, uh, and most importantly, we debunk a lot of claims that are usually really harmful to uh, cultures and, and people and things like that, and my name is Scott Nicewander. I know nothing. I'm back 
I'm back to my roots. I'm loving it in this space. And I, I'm, I'm just enjoying being here and being an audience surrogate, asking questions, listening to Tristan. And my name is Tristan Johnson. And this is out of my range of expertise, but it is definitely part of a macabre side interest, I can definitely say. So this is one of our classic Tristan doesn't do history, but instead does science for some reason episodes. <laughs> No um, one's forcing you to do that. I just no. want to be I, we're behind the scenes listeners. It's not me being like, hey, Tristan, I want to know more about this. And Tristan's like dragging his heels like, but I, I guess I have to learn science a little bit now. Oh, it's not that at all. Tristan chooses these topics and he brings them to me. So I may judge him. This one came up on Ancient Aliens and I was like, oh, this is too classic to not hit. Mm-hmm. And then I thought maybe, okay, maybe there's like a phenomenon. Maybe there's something that we can talk about that's like, you know, about like American culture or about like the way that we say things. And then it's like, oh, no, no, no. This is just straight up like, you know, veterinary autopsy science. And I'm like, oh, cool, 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 cool. Hmm. Yeah. So today we're talking about cattle mutilation or just livestock mutilation in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's let's get into what the ancient astronauts, what many people believe, as they say on the show, many people yeah. believe that this happened. <laughs> Millions of people around the world believe that we are correct. Yeah. So here's what this is. Uh, in especially the 1970s and 1980s, there was a rash of animals found on ranches who had surprisingly surgical mutilation. What that means is that parts of their body were cut out uh, in ways that seemed like they were surgical, clean cuts, things completely excised. They would have bloodless bodies and there wouldn't be pools of blood around them. Hmm. And the study of these in labs, these bodies, show that they had low vitamin and mineral levels and chemicals that were not normally found in animals. The liver, in some cases, had missing potassium, phosphorus, zinc, and copper. And the blood that was found at the scene was of a light pink color oh. and doesn't clot. Lab results testing all of these came back inconclusive. So what or who is doing all of this? Well, there's only one explanation. You know what I mean? There's really only just the one, right? We both agree on this. It's aliens. Yup. <laughs> We're done. All right. Actually, what's fun is today, we are not only doing aliens, but there actually is uh, two other what I just called X-Files friendly answers to this one. Okay. So this is actually a phenomenon that's been picked up by a couple other fun things, including one that the police got really interested in that was also false. So we're going to have, we're having a real fun old time talking about livestock dying gruesomely and what they look like when their unfortunate carcasses are discovered. Great. Scott, I don't know if you're the kind of person who reads this kind of stuff or learns about this kind of stuff. Is this a bad time? Should I stop eating? I've been eating this whole time that we've been recording. Is this a bad, should I put this, I'm going to put this down. Probably not have pulled during a podcast. It Bad feels luck. inappropriate. <laughs> I did have a burger earlier today, but it was a veggie burger, everybody. So don't at me. Yeah, don't at me. So yeah, that's what we're talking about today. 
if that's not your bag, we understand if you don't listen to this episode, but if totally it is your bag, it. and I know for some people like me who would read a book like Mary Roach's Stiff, you know that this is a, there are a lot of people where one corner of their brain likes learning about this kind of stuff. So <laughs> you, you know what I'm, it, it's sort of like a, like a morbid curiosity sort of a thing, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're hitting something. I mean, I like myself a good true crime drama. Sometimes those get real gruesome and bad, but I'm interested. And this is this is this is kind of hitting that same that same sort of nerve inside me. Yep, I'm going to be torturing Scott today. That's right. So, I guess like was it aliens? Well, probably not, but Here's some other things to think about. So okay. first, let's just go into the history of cattle mutilation. <laughs> I cannot believe there's a history. All right, there's a history of everything. There's um, a history of everything. So f- we have been raising livestock for thousands of years. And anybody who raises livestock, we probably have a few farmers. I feel like farmers and podcasts would mesh well together. So I imagine there are quite at least some farmers listening to this podcast. Anybody who raises livestock knows that it's not an unheard of occurrence to go into your flock and find a dead animal. You know, you just love numbers. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, lots of things can cause it. Predators, disease, sickness of any kind, the cold, lightning. Spontaneous combustion. We don't talk about that one as much. You want to do an episode on that at some point, probably. And throughout history, there have been occurrences of what are like outbreaks of mutilations of animals. Mm -hmm. Uh, The earliest one that I could find was from the year 1606 in England, where all of the sheep in an area around London were being found eviscerated in a very peculiar way. And I've got Mm. a quote from this about the description of what happened. About the city of London and some of the shires adjoining. Oh my, I feel like I'm there. Whole slaughters of sheep have been made in some places to number a hundred, in others less, where nothing is taken from the sheep but their tallow and some inward parts. Tallow is their fat. Mm. The whole carcasses and fleece remaining still behind. Of this sundry conjectures, but most agree that it tendeth towards some fireworks. What fireworks means in this context? No idea. Tendeth towards some fireworks. I don't know. Does that mean like some excitement? Something interesting? Something possibly. I don't know. But yeah, so th- this is like this is like th- this has happened in the past. Okay. But it never really got associated with alien, UFO, extraterrestrial, yeah. or even supernatural stuff. I was going to ask about Supernatural specifically. My first thought was like vampires or something who are like taking, you know, trying not to kill humans by doing stuff. You know, I've seen the little, what's it called? The little vampire? I've seen the movie where Jonathan Lipnicki befriends a lot of young vampires and they turn cows into vampires. The things we do in the shadows? No. Um, Similar vibes. That was the prequel, actually. Ah, okay. Um, But yeah, there's actually a surprising vampire connection we can get to later. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, but the first case of animal mutilation where UFOs, the supernatural, got involved came in the year 1967. And we're going to talk about a little guy named Snippy. Oh, hi, Snippy. Snippy in 1967 was a horse in Alamosa, Colorado. Okay. Who Whose owner found him dead. Oh. Uh, but not just dead. So that's why you said he was a horse. Yes, he's he no longer a horse. He's an unhorse. He's an unhorse, a former horse. 
But what happened is that his condition was very strange. His head and his neck had been completely skinned and defleshed, basically taken down to the bones. Uh, the body had cuts on it, which according to its owner, Angus King, said looked precise or surgical. Mm. No blood was found on the scene. And according to Angus, there was a medicinal odor in the air, which ancient aliens said is the smell of formaldehyde. So they just took okay. it as, you know, this is, this is another sky people, star people situation, I think. Okay. The news story about this caught fire, went around the country, and while it wasn't the first mutilation, it was the first one to be thought to be extraterrestrial activity because there had been some UFO sightings in the days before. Oh, what kind of sightings? Just seeing UFOs in the sky. Oh, nothing specific? No, no, no. We just saw a thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just thought there was going to be something more colorful there, but all right. Now, originally, this was written off by the sheriff who didn't even go to the site as the horse being struck by lightning, but... That isn't the answer that a lot of people wanted to hear. So it surgical lightning, surgical lightning. So it spread uh, and people this became very quickly part of UFO lore, but it wouldn't be the last time. Six years later, we saw a wave of mutilation in the states of Kansas and Nebraska in which tons of cows were found dead, specifically with their sexual organs removed. Hmm. Yeah. What would lightning want with sexual organs? Interesting. <laughs> I'm on the right path, though, right? Mm, no. Um, we'll All get right. there. We'll get there. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next I'm year, still, I'm getting there. I'm following. Yeah. The next year, another wave of mutilations came out where uh, in Nebraska, where not only was there cow mutilations found, but they saw reports. Uh, nearby farmers had reports of seeing unidentified helicopters in the area that the FAA and National Guard had no records of. Some of these cows appeared to have been dropped from a high altitude, and there was even some warnings to local pilots to maybe fly a little bit higher than usual because the farmers are out there with their guns thinking that these helicopters are killing their cows. What What do you think? What kind of guns do you think they have that they think they can fight off helicopters with these farmers? Oh, no. I mean, if we've learned anything about helicopters is that they do not need a lot of encouragement to crash. So um, that's true. So that, that, this is the situation. All this stuff's happening. People are worried about it. There's all these animals. And keep in mind, it's not just like, you know, oh, this is gross. But like to ranchers and farmers, this is money. Yeah. Uh, potentially like millions of dollars of animals here. So somehow this story got to the desk of a senator by the name of Floyd Haskell. Floyd Haskell. <laughs> what a rascal, that Haskell. And he brought this to the attention of the FBI and asked them to investigate, and they managed to get a small grant together, an equivalent to about $100,000 in modern day money, to go out and investigate these mutilations, because of course this is a threat to the U.S. agricultural industry, uh, possibly a million dollars in damage. So they did, in 1979, go out, do some investigations, and they had some answers as to what, uh, what they think it might have been. And then we have some more explanations as to what could have been going on by all sorts of other experts. But first... Oh, no, you can't leave me hanging. But, fir but first, uh -huh. do you like products? I My... Products might be my favorite thing. Close second might be services. Ooh. Well, then you're lucky because today there might be products and or services coming right up. Let's do it.
Can I take us back from the break with a joke that I made? Sure. Hey, Tristan. Yes? What's what's black and, and white and red all over? Ooh, uh, a zebra with a sunburn? That's a good one. Uh, the correct answer is Snippy the cow. Snippy was a horse. Snippy was a horse? Yeah. Why did I think it was a cow? Because this mostly happened to cattle, but the initiating event was a horse. All right. Then never mind. The correct answer is cows that are uh, messed with by aliens. Is that a is that a is that a not good joke? I thought about it and I was like, this is not a good joke. To any bovine uh, listeners, we apologize for this joke. And I also apologize for thinking that Snippy was a cow. Yes. For any uh, equestrian listeners we have right now, if you are a horse yourself. What are horses if not sleek cows? Speed cows. That's what they're that, speed they're, cows. That's what horse is Latin for speed cow yes all right <laughs> we're back from this the break. bit got away from you um yeah. so when we left off we were talking about how this rash of cattle mutilations that happened in the 1970s culminated in the 1979 fbi investigation into what was going on in primarily nebraska kansas and colorado so in the yeah, big old question big old middle of the country there mm-hmm. and what happened was that the fbi did an investigation called operation animal mutilation <laughs> okay led by a person who probably drew a short straw by the name of Kenneth Rommel. All right, Kenneth, what what do you got for us? So they set out with these goals. They wanted to figure out how reliable the information that they received about these mutilations were. So they would go out to places like New Mexico and uh, other states to find these answers. They did a lot in New Mexico, I guess. Um, well, that's where the aliens are. Famous. Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah. Then find as many mutilations as possible and try to find the cause of them and figure out whether or not the cause of these mutilations is a law enforcement prog- problem. Oh, find out if, if it's just people doing crimes. Yeah. And if it is a crime, how big in scope it is. And if yeah. it's not a problem, find out, basically recommend that they shouldn't raise more money and that this was a waste of time. Oh, okay. So basically figure out whether you're wasting our time, but if you're not wasting our time, you should figure out whether this is a problem, how big of a problem this is, and uh, what we, and if there's anything we should do about it. Yeah. And they came to the conclusion that, uh, after studying a bunch of these that it was, drumroll please, natural predation. Uh, as in like animals hunting cows Yeah, and is such? coyotes, wolves, okay. mountain lions. But how would they have been that surgical then? Boy, that's a great question to ask because now we're going to get into some real gross stuff. Okay. Because while that, you know, was the FBI answer because they were like, well, this isn't really a thing. So we're not going to investigate it anymore. There have been many others who have tried to answer these questions who are more curious than the FBI. Veterinarians, uh, mm. scientists, sure. even farmers uh, who are you know knowledgeable about these kinds of things. Of course. And we're going to learn about how animals decompose. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, first of all, we saw in the case uh, in 1973 that the uh, that the genitals were missing, but also what often you find in these mutilation cases is that things like the eyes, the ears, uh, are the things that the mouth and things like that are what have been eaten away. And mm-hmm. that has to do with how predators and scavengers uh, eat carcasses, because those parts that they go for are typically the softest parts. 
And some types of scavengers, like vultures, for example, will go through them specifically to get to the soft organs on the inside. Mm. Other types of carrion, like flies, will also drift towards these orifices or these soft spots in order to get into the soft innards to lay their eggs, because, you know, maggots and stuff. That's how they do it. And now while they might have made smaller holes to do these various things, you know, vultures don't exactly make uh, big holes, or they probably do, uh, but like, you know, flies don't necessarily do. And if a vulture were to make a hole, it'd be probably pretty, you know, ragged and rough yeah, and wouldn't exactly. be surgical. But what happens is that when the body dies, its skin starts to dry out. And as it starts to dry out, it starts to stretch and tense up. And so what might have been like a, you know, ragged, ripped up section would kind of stretch out and become more uh, like clean, look like more like a clean cut. Yeah, it would, it would it would tighten up a little bit and mm-hmm. make a make all the that jagged stuff look all clean and precise. Yeah, and this is where the vampire connection comes up because oh, cool. a lot of what people think were vampires when they talked about going into the graves of the deceased that they thought were vampires and finding that they had like, you know, big fangs and their nails had grown longer is because as their bodies decomposed, their like gum started to retract and their mm. fingers, cuticles started to retract. So their nails and teeth looked longer. Oh. That's a vampire fact. I like it. We got to start a whole other podcast just about vampires. It's probably not vampires. It's probably not vampires. There's not a, there's not a much uh there's not much ancient vampire theorists out there unfortunately. But I actually did make a step back video about the history of vampires if anyone wants to watch it. I filmed in the YouTube space dressed as Dracula. It was very fun. Oh, that's awesome. Maybe if this podcast gets really popular, we'll do a whole spin-off series about ghosts. That's a supernatural thing. It's probably oh. not ghosts yeah that's that's, fun that's fun i have done i've done my fair share of that i remember uh finding a lot of stories that because my sister was really a big believer in ghosts and so i was like you know the first incident to this ghost story is in a book about ghost tours of this city right Mm -hmm. (laughs) things like that anyways um not only would the you know drying out uh flesh look like it was more surgically cut But also, when animals start to decompose, the bacteria in your organs, I'm sure Mm -hmm. you know that your your interior is is, uh, more bacteria by number of cells than actual animal cells, like, you know, you cells. It's, it's, yeah, um, we're just carrying around bacteria. Mm -hmm. We're just, we're just bodies full of, full of stuff. We are little ecosystems. And sure are. They are very beneficial. They keep us safe. They, uh, they help us digest things. They're, they're generally... Yeah. As we're learning more and more with our microbiome studies, very good for our bodies. Yeah, I'm a fan. Even for our mental health, apparently. Oh. Um, my, yeah. Um, then what's micro- wrong with my gut? <laughs> the microbiome might be linked to all sorts of interesting um, diseases that we may ah. be able to fix with some things like uh, fecal transplants, which is exactly what you think it is. <sighs> I've seen this on Grey's Anatomy, believe yeah. it or not. It's I still- was actually, I was waiting to make a joke that one of the Grey's Anatomy people killed all these animals, but I I couldn't think of who, and I don't think the joke would land to anyone but me and my girlfriend watching or listening to this oh episode. <laughs> um, but something happens when the body dies, and that is that the bacteria do not. And they start to go from eating what you eat to eating you. And in a oxygen-free environment, bacteria start to digest things and create gas. And so oftentimes when a body dies, the body starts to to inflate as it fills with this gas. Yeah. And then 
at points, and at points, uh, if this is left to get, you know, bad enough, there can be a big rupture that looks like a clean cut. Oh, interesting. Yes. Uh, fun, fun fact, uh, more fun facts is that uh, when a whale beaches on the shore, yeah, they have to clean them up very fast because when this happens, whales are so big that they literally explode. <laughs> yes. Have you, you, I'm sure you've heard this story that where they were trying to move a whale um, on like a truck and they, they, it was like, it was a dead whale. They were just trying to like take it somewhere to get it off the beach and they were driving it like into a city and it, it was just the sun was beating down on it and the whale the entire whale carcass exploded onto a city street uh, oh as, it, as it just erupted I don't remember where or when that happened I just remember hearing about it and uh, yeah no thank you the guy drops That's... ice cream cone in downtown <laughs> he's like oh no how could this day get any worse <laughs> oh no this is the worst thing to happen to anyone <laughs> Yeah. So the thing is that when this happens to animals, and if you think about it, um, especially like um, I think what are called, uh, I'm sure that like for animals that eat grass as their primary method of eating, mm -hmm. they rely a lot on bacteria in their guts to break down all of that cellulose into sugar that their body can metabolize. Yeah. That's why they have so many stomachs. <laughs> um, oh. And uh, yeah, that means that can make a hell of a lot of gas, especially with the things that we feed our cats because we feed them a lot of stuff that their bodies aren't super good at digesting. Yeah. And so anyways, they can burst with these uh, with this gas and then that plus the dehydration would make it look like a big surgical incision. I've heard that that cows are responsible, specifically cows are responsible for like most of the like methane emissions that go into the atmosphere just because they farting all the time. Maybe I, that might just because we raise so many of them, but there is like the yeah. way that we feed them, they fart a lot because uh yeah. they because like feeding them corn and stuff like that is not exactly their preferred diet yeah so the main answer that explains a lot but not all of them all of these mutilations is being killed by either disease or predators then having scavengers start to peck into the body through the softer parts mm -hmm. and then as the body dries out they start to look like big incisions yeah. Or the other way is that they die and then as they die, their bodies start to bloat with all the gas and it ruptures and then their body dries out and that looks like a big incision. Gotcha. By the way, so listeners who are on the edges of your seat, I figured out who, uh, which Grey's Anatomy character would be the one killing animals. It would almost certainly be Owen Hunt. Hunt is literally his last name. There you go. Kelly, my wife, watches Grey's Anatomy, so that, that joke's for you. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that comes up is that these sites don't have any blood, uh, that the animals are bloodless and that there's no blood in the area around. And there is an explanation for that too, which is that post-mortem blood tends to pool at the bottom of the body because your heart's not pumping anymore. So it just starts to, gravity just starts to pool at the bottom. That's why, that's why if you look at a corpse like you do. Um, yeah, but, as we all do, as we all like, do on a regular basis. Yeah, but like uh, the part that is affected most by gravity is going to have like, you know, it's going to be all red from all the, or purple from all the blood that's pooled up there. Gotcha. Um, but 
on top of that, blood then also decomposes just like the body. And when blood decomposes, it kind of just turns into its um, like base components. And so after a little while, a sufficiently decayed body will not have blood. I was th- that would have been my guess. If you had asked me why there was no blood around, my thought is my thought would have been something like that or something as simple as, I don't know, did it rain the day before? <laughs> I don't know. That could be the case. The other case is that um, animals that have been you know killed by predators, there would be blood everywhere. But the thing is that outside the body, on the ground, there is insects that eat this blood. Vampires, as we discussed. Yeah, vampires, ants, worms. Vampire ants. Vampire, vampire worms. <laughs> vampire worms. The list goes on. The, the, the usual. And furthermore, blood can be desiccated by being exposed to sunlight for a long period of time. And, you know, just kind of turns to dust. Like a vampire. <laughs> now, this this has uh, these explanations for cattle mutilations have, or livestock mutilations, I guess is more uh, exact, has been verified experimentally a number of times. One of the most famous cases was done by Robert Todd Carroll, who runs a project called the Skeptics Dictionary and specifically did experiments to test the cattle mutilation theory and mm-hmm. did a bunch of experiments, which, you know, mm-mm, fun. Fun stuff. What did Bob Todd come to come to the conclusion of? Basically that these the, these are the reasons why these mutilations well, are what, what appears to mutilations. Go. Makes me think about how fun those, um you know, those body farm stuff. You know about this? I don't know about this. Oh, boy. Now, this is gruesome, but I think terribly interesting. Okay. So you could imagine that knowledge on human body decomposition would be important for, uh, like, law enforcement reasons. Sure. Or just, like, like just, like, you know, body identification and stuff like that. Yeah. But the thing is, is that the way that a body is placed or the conditions it's put in, the body's put in, can affect decomposition in a multitude of different ways. Well, there are these places called body farms where they take cadavers, people who have donated their bodies to science after they die, uh-huh. and test different conditions of decomposition to study how it looks and what it does in order to get an idea of like the processes involved. Oh, so that's how that's how all the the CSIs, CSI Miami, CSI New York, all, all of them. That's how they can be like the body was the person was likely killed at this time based on the level of decomposition. I think that like I know CSI is mostly a science fiction show, but I believe there actually was an episode where they were dealing with somebody who did not appear decomposed enough for what they were going for. And it is because the body had been wrapped in a blanket. And that was based on a real case that I think was actually cracked by using body farms. So there is like like there's there's useful stuff for this. Absolutely. Um, So obviously, experimentally, this has been shown to represent most of the cases, Um, but not all of them. Uh, Some people have disputed these claims because according to the owners of these animals, their animals were, quote, too healthy or too strong to die or be predated, Mm. Um, which, you know, okay, like like to me, (laughs) it's not the strongest argument to be like that. That couldn't have it had to be aliens because my cow's too strong to lose a fight against a bobcat. (laughs) Like, have you? My cow is literally so beefy. (laughs) It is incredibly beefy, this cow. It could not lose to a fight. I want that 
phrase. I I'm tempted to make that my new my my new Twitter bio. Too healthy or strong to die or be predated. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, that does feel like very much like when somebody's accused of murder and then you go on like the you know police procedural and they're like, my Tommy wouldn't have done that. And then the the, the, the you know the detective's just like, well, uh, case case closed. Must have been aliens. <laughs> must have been aliens. Dang, almost got him. But there, but not not only like I'm, I know that that's kind of dismissive, but there is explanations on how animals could be ill and die of illness or be pr- maybe predated. I mean, predated. I mean, a cow can lose a fight to like a mountain lion or a pack of yeah. wolves or coyotes or whatever. We all could. Except me. But um, there is some diseases. There's the, specifically the 1973 case. The mm-hmm. cows that were studied in that had a disease called blackleg, oh, which no. is a uh, sort of bacterial infection that affects cows, sheep, and goats. It's found by bacterial spores that are found in soil, which you can imagine animals, uh, grazing animals, find a way to get into their bodies. All right, Tristan, you have exact, you have approximately three seconds before I hit enter on black leg on Google Images. Is this a, is this a decision I want to make? It's, mm, it can be gross. <laughs> Especially because to cure it, they have to basically like hack off the infected parts. You'll see cows that just have like a big ga- big part of their like thigh missing and stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to close out of that tab <laughs> real quick. I've had a really fun day yesterday. I'm doing research. <laughs> um, but I should have bla- waited until right now to make my black, white, and red all over joke. Mm-mm-mm. But yeah, blackleg is a uh, bane of a lot of uh, livestock, people who raise livestock. Mm-hmm. Uh, it spreads through manure, but what happens is, is that it creates something that's similar to a disease in humans called um, gas gangrene, which is that as the bacteria sort of infect the body, they create gas and that gas sort of bubbles up at, on the site of the infection under the mm-hmm. skin. And mm-hmm. you can kind of feel this like crackling sound when you touch it, kind of like because yeah, it's it's this is very yes. gross. No, 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 no. I actually, I, this is so serendipitous. I saw a TikTok about this specific thing very recently. It was it was a uh, it was unfortunately a a, hor- a little a little horse. It was so it was so sad, but it was fascinating, but also sad. Yeah, that is that is uh, blackleg. But here's the thing: is that blackleg can kill uh, livestock within twelve hours and the animal can show no symptoms until they're just dead. Mm. And it does tend to infect the soft tissues like in 1973 when it was in the genital region. Mm, The softest of tissues. Yeah. So in 1973, this uh, outbreak of mutilations was most likely an outbreak of this infection. Other explanations for some of the unexplained medical phenomenon that I was talking about, like the weird amounts of vitamins and minerals can be explained with disease. Other things like chemicals they can't identify have since probably been hypothesized to be things like tranquilizers. What animal would use tranquilizers? <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, uh, we'll get to that animal soon. Okay. Um, and the pink blood that doesn't clot uh, turned out to have anticoagulants put into it to study it in a lab. Oh, so, oh, <laughs> so it was put in beforehand. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, okay. And yeah, what animal would use tranquilizers indeed? The next bit we get to talk about is why humans suck. Oh no, it's us again. Because sometimes the animals are mutilated and they're mutilated by us. Well, not you and me. No. So this is, for the record, this is not, uh, this is not a representative of the uh, majority of cases. It might, it is only a hypothesis and it would only explain like the few that can't be written off as the much more likely uh, predation, disease, things gotcha. like that. So this is just the the extreme outliers. Yes. And that is that we do know that there are people who gain pleasure or get sexual stimulation from the mutilating of animals. There are many cases of humans assaulting and abusing animals. A lot of the cases of these things uh, typically happen to more defenseless animals, cow or not cows, um, like cats, dogs, you know, mm-hmm. pets. But it has been known to happen in livestock animals. Uh, it's one of the signs of having a sociopathic disorder is a uh, interest in mutilating animals. I'm sure some people have heard about that as like a definite sign that a uh, person is showing sociopathic tendencies. Yep. Um, so a few of these cases could be actual cattle mutilations by people who have this sort of illness. Oh, that's uh, not great. I don't like it. No, no, it's not. It's not fun. There is one conspiracy theory, like this is kind of in the X-Files land, but it's one that I actually thought is probably more probable than the others. And I would not be surprised if it turned out to be true. But keep in mind that I'm working completely off of hypothesis. There's no con- okay. no actual connection to these things. This is but, like this is this is as close as we're going to get to like almost endorsing a conspiracy, I feel like. Yeah, this is the there, this is the conspiracy. There's maybe a couple other conspiracies that I don't necessarily believe. But if they turned out to be true, I wouldn't be surprised. Gotcha. Um, um, so this is speculative, but this is a way to explain the incident with the helicopters. Okay. So there is a possibility because cows specifically are part of the American economy, right? Yes. And they're not afraid of heights. <laughs> Yep. We all know this about cows. Um, cows, so so anything that, you know, like the stock market can be affected by finding out about things like, say, a uh, widespread outbreak of a disease that affects cows mm-hmm. or something that uh, something to that regard. So it could be that these unmarked helicopters, secret government programs were doing a test, uh, a study of bovine diseases, specifically to test whether or not they could spread to humans, and whether or not, and kind of test the um, the spread of the diseases. Uh, that could be the reason why that's happening and why they're keeping it secret because they don't want to affect you know agricultural stock prices. Uh, or cause a panic. Gotcha. It's all about the bottom line. Yeah, and specifically in the 1970s and in the 1980s, there was one particular bovine disease that was something that was uh, pretty intense and something that everybody was on high alert for, and that is mad cow disease. Mm, I've heard of this. Yes. Boy, 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 does it get even more fun. Do you know what mad cow disease is, Scott? No, actually, I, I, I genuinely do not know what it is. I know that it exists and I know that it is bad, but I don't know what it is. So it's a disease that attacks the nerves and brains of cows. 
And when they get it, they can contract it and it can take years for it to show symptoms. But once symptoms show, it's basically 100% fatal. If a human eats an infected cow, even one that is asymptomatic, they can get a disease called Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, which is uh, it's sort of, a, a, again, it's a, it's a brain problem it, because what's happening is they're eating uh, something which is called a prion. It's not a virus. It's not a bacteria. It's a prion. Now, have you ever heard of a prion? A prion. I can't say that I have a prion. No. So a prion is, well, you know, a, a protein is like, you know, the basic building blocks that we use for building and doing mm. little mechanisms in our body. And the way that they fold is really important for determining their function. Uh, they, we, we do a lot of research into this because like, um, basically like the instructions in our DNA show shape how we fold these proteins. And there's like complex computer simulations that have been done to study the folding of protein. If these proteins are folded incorrectly, they can turn into extremely deadly diseases like mad cow disease. Gotcha. Now that's bad enough because, uh, but, but what also happens is that these kind of prionic diseases typically show up in cases where an animal has been consuming the nervous tissue of an animal of the same species. Um, there was a case uh, in, I want to say New Guinea, where humans were getting a disease called Kuru, which was coming from, they had a funerary rite of eating the, uh, I believe it was the brain of people who had recently deceased. And in cows, we were giving them, uh, specifically the, um, the calves of dairy cows, we were feeding a bone meal, uh, a meat and bone meal made to get their calcium levels up. That was made with the bones of guess. Healthy cows. Mm, 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 mm. It could it could have been a healthy cow, but just uh, ingesting mm. cow bone in the calcium for the cows caused the uh, would 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 basically lead to the uh, the misfolding of proteins. And as I said, this disease is hundred percent fatal and cannot show symptoms for years. Very hard disease to get a hold of. Uh, I mean, like one of the big reasons why COVID spread so. Uh, wildly is because you can be infected and be contagious for weeks and not show any symptoms. I mean, you can go through the whole cycle of the disease and not show any symptoms the entire time. That's that's one of the reasons why it spread so fast. Now, this wasn't as huge a problem in the Americas. It still was a problem, but it was a massive problem in the United Kingdom and in Europe to the point where uh, four million cows had to be killed to eradicate it in the UK. And to this day, it is still uh, a crime to eat a cow in Europe. I believe it's either in the UK or in Europe that is older than a certain age because then they might have developed prionic disease. Mm. And this is why if you've ever donated blood, sometimes they ask you if you ever have uh, traveled to Europe between the years of like 1970 something and 1980 something. And it's because huh. uh, you might have Christopher Jacobs disease uh, and, you know, it's just being dormant. Wow. So this is a thing that could still come back and, and cause lots of issues. It still pops up from time to time, although... Uh, right now, we believe that it has been largely eradicated. In okay. 2019, we recorded a total of four cases. So that's good. And of course, the practice of feeding uh, cows their own bones was um, was discontinued right away, which is also very good. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And just because this has such a connection to the world right now and specifically my part of the world and specifically like things that I lived through, mad cow disease has a very specific personal history to me. Mm. Um, Scott, what was life like for you in 2003? Oh, gosh. 2003, I was riding high off of the hype uh, for the first Spider-Man movie, that was that that was great in 2002, and that and I can't remember anything else that happened in 2003. Would you know that in 2003 your country invaded Iraq? That makes sense. <laughs> Um, that actually that that actually that rings a bell. Actually, now that you say that. <laughs> The reason I say that is because one of the things that happened in the lead up to the war in Iraq is that the U.S. put together something called the Coalition of the Willing, which was basically a coalition of countries that would agree to go to war with Iraq, with the United States in this kind of unilateral illegal war. I know we're like super off topic at this point, but hear me out. Um, no, honestly, it's sort of connected to my Spider-Man thing because that movie almost came out in 2001. But could you believe they had to change a whole bunch of stuff about New York in the meantime? Yep, I remember that. Uh, if I remember, they actually had a scene where like uh, Peter Parker caught a helicopter between the Twin Towers in one. Yeah, that, that got cut. Yeah, and like a, it was a promo teaser for it. Yep. Anyway, um, yeah. So Canada, the country that I'm from, uh-huh. uh, did not join the Coalition of the Willing and said openly, like, we are not going to do this. It's a bad war. We're not doing it. Um, our uh, Jean Chrétien, one of his few, was few good moves. But then, wouldn't you know it, um, a American cow in Canada was found to have mad cow disease, uh, mm. which, you know, led to like the typical mad cow disease containment protocols and everything like that. So the uh-huh. United States did it, Canada did it. Um, but one of the things, because America was feeling extra grumpy at us, they basically put on a sanction on Canadian beef. They refused to buy Canadian beef, mm. uh, which, you know, is a as a, you know, country that is big and has big flat prairies is bad, uh, is pretty, pretty big on our economic hit. Furthermore, in 2003, uh, uh-huh. we got uh, specifically in sort of the Hong Kong area, but in the Toronto area as well, we got hit with SARS. Now, you might have heard the word SARS recently as SARS-CoV-2. Uh, this was sort of the the prequel to SARS. Uh-huh. So we got hit with a coronavirus outbreak in the Toronto area in the same year. Uh-huh. Um, I remembered because you had to wear a mask to go to downtown Toronto at that time. Wild. You've lived this all before. Mm-hmm. So you can imagine that those two things happening in conjunction led to Canada having a pretty big economic hard time. Yeah. And it got so bad that uh, we had a huge music festival to sort of revitalize the economy that Mm. was nicknamed SARS Fest. And the headlining act was the Rolling Stones, but it was like one of the biggest concerts in history. The Molson Amphitheater uh, in Toronto held it and like it had like every major Canadian artist as well as like tons of like American artists who came out to like, uh, you know, show solidarity with Canada. I remember because I really wanted to go, but I had to go and visit my grandma in Saskatchewan. So I watched it on TV from the other side of the country. This Ah. like huge piece of history that was happening like a 45 minute drive from my house. Just as good. It's like you were right there. I know. Um, but yeah, uh, but that is like, that is the weird connection about mad cow disease and my personal story, uh, that has to do with a possible secret government program to 
track the spread of uh, something like mad cow disease in the population. Yeah. And it might explain why the cows look like they were dropped from a height because they might have put them in the helicopter, taken them up, taken them, killed them, taken the test and then kicked them out of the helicopter when they were done. <laughs> Not, to, not saying I believe it, because, you know, this is not official. This was obviously done in secret. But if that turned out to be true, that does, that is, is, you know, that's not the weirdest thing I've heard of America doing. Yeah, that sucks, though. If, <laughs> you're, if you're a cow, you have absolutely no idea what's happening. You're just, all of a sudden, you're in the sky, and then you're falling, and then you're dead now. Yeah. That's terrifying. So that's, that's, the, that's the story, uh, primarily, of, like, the explanations for these kind of mutilations. But I want to get into the three X-Files friendly answers going from the most likely to the least likely. All right. Because while the FBI got involved and did this uh, this investigation, multiple state level governments also did investigations and like local police would have their own theories about what happened, everything like that. And the police in the 1970s and 80s were also very paranoid about cults. Oh, yeah. If you remember the 1970s, 1980s, there was the Jonestown uh, massacre, mass yeah. suicide in South America. But there was also things like the satanic cult, the satanic abuse panic in the 1980s. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Yeah. Satanic panic. Uh, so there was this hype or hysteria that there were satanic cults operating in America, you know, all over the place. Yeah. Uh, to the point where there were a significant amount of law enforcement who believed that the cattle mutilations were the act of uh, ritual sacrifices by these cults. Hmm. But the problem with that is that they turned out to mostly to be entirely uh, fabricated stories and mostly sold by people who were unrelated to the incident entirely. Or they were extrapolations made from studying a carcass that was far too decomposed to make any sort of conclusions. And in one case, uh, the police got really worked up about uh, the cults doing this. And it turned out that the story had been made by a bunch of teenagers as a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent work, teens. Mm -hmm. Never change. Yeah. Another culprit for this is uh, a cryptid that you probably know by the name of the Chupacabra. Ah, yes. I am familiar. Now that... I, is the chupacabra, does that go, does that travel all over the place? The chupacabra is, it, 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 the first reports of the chupacabra show up in Puerto Rico. Yeah. But it is shown up in many places in America, especially places that have large uh, Latinx populations. Because it's okay. you know, really big and like kind of like uh, Latin American or Latin, Lati- Latino American folk, uh, kind of, you know, hearsay and folklore. Gotcha. Um, chupacabra literally translates from Spanish to goat sucker. Um, it's that a, is, can I say? That is my least favorite dum dum flavor. <laughs> sucker oh god um but part of it is that they're uh thought to you know kill livestock and eat uh, or specifically drink the blood of the animals there you go another vampire yes but as far as i can say now all cases of the chupacabra turn out to either be uh or any like the chupacabra is largely an urban legend that passes from friend to a friend especially in like, you know, Spanish speaking parts of the United States. But also there are some like, you know, some people will show like video of the chupacabra found on tape 
And yeah. every single one of those cases so far has turned out to be like a dog or a coyote or a wolf with mange, which ah. is a sort of like skin parasite that um, that um, in itch in scratching all of them, they end up like losing patches of fur and stuff like that. So they look really messed up. That's why they call Scooby-Doo a mangy mutt. Mm hmm. Because it's kind mm. of a reference to like it's like a thing that like street dogs would yeah. get a lot. So, you know, a insult. I don't like that. But that's where that comes from. You're learning. Um, I'm learning. And then, uh, then, so that all comes down to ancient aliens and their claims that it is UFOs. Ah. And after everything that we've covered today, again, this is one of those like, why, 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 why go to UFOs when we have so many better explanations that don't require UFOs? Mm-hmm. Plus, like, there's just like to me the logic of like travel, being able to travel light years across fast distances of space. Uh, and you come to Earth and, you know, you want to study the cows. Sure, I get that. But then mutilating the animals and then just leaving them there. Like if you're like, you know, that dedicated to secrecy and not making first contact, wouldn't you just, you know, keep the animal or maybe throw it in the space or something? <laughs> they they just they like took organs from it and they just put it back and they're like, yeah, their animals can regrow their organs like ours can. Right. They'll be fine. <laughs> Let's drop them out of the air real quick. They'll be OK. <laughs> yeah. So, like, in my mind, like, you know, it's hard to, like, prove a negative, but I don't really see any strong case for needing UFOs when there's so many much more plausible explanations. I mean, I guess my biggest question is we, we haven't really gotten to what what would what's the lightning's motivation? Why would the <laughs> lightning want to take out some of these animals? Well, lightning has a very strong grudge against anything that is between it and the ground that mm. has a low resistance than the air. I see. And it specifically goes after cows because it's ground beef. Now, this is some farm. This is some farm wisdom I learned from my mom who grew up on a farm, which is that during a thunderstorm, you have to bring the cows inside because to get out of the rain, they typically go under trees and trees are tall objects that uh, <sighs> lightning is more likely to hit. So, mm. but yeah, um, so that was super duper fun. I'm hoping that everybody really enjoyed my talking about the horrible things that other animals and diseases and humans have done to animals. Wasn't that delightful, everyone? Mm-hmm. Don't you? You feel like you've soaked up a lot of information with your brain, and at the same time, you but you feel lighter, right? You feel lighter because you also threw up a little bit during this episode. I hope that's not the case. Uh, but that is that is this episode. Um, I hope if you're still here for some reason, I'm so sorry. I, you know, once when I enter the rabbit hole, I know not where it's going to go. So this is this is genuinely like a topic that that interests you. And you you didn't like force this upon yourself. You were like, no, this is interesting. I want to dive down. I wanted to find the answer. This was something I was curious about. And I wanted to find the answer. And then the answer was grody. But I ran with it anyway. It's still interesting. And I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about about. uh, I feel like we've been doing a lot of science stuff. I'm subscribed to Ask a Mortician. So, you know, I, I, you know, this stuff is uh, this stuff is interesting to but you know what will never die is this podcast. I hope can I, not. Can I make that claim? I'm going to do it. This podcast will never die. This this podcast is too strong to die or be predated. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find this. This podcast can be found on Twitter as at Probs Not Aliens. Please. Um, I heard that you were telling people to uh, check out where they were listening to the show. Please let me know if you were eating lunch during this episode <laughs> and if you if you managed to listen to this episode and eat lunch. 
uh, you get the personal, it's probably not alien stamp of congratulations for hey. your uh, strong constitution. Hey, really quick amendment to that. Uh, if you do tweet us that you're eating lunch and listening to this episode, please do not include the information about what you are eating. Please leave that out. That will be between you and yourself and not us. Please do not tell me what you were eating when you listened to this episode. Thank you so much. And of course, if you can't get enough of our crazy, crazy content, uh, Scott here runs a wonderful channel called NerdSync. Yes, NerdSync. Gosh, I hope I have a video out by the time that uh, this episode airs. I hope so. Uh, it's a YouTube channel where I do video essays about nerdy stuff, mostly comic books and superheroes, but also cartoons and other just stuff that I'm really interested in. And I hope you uh, come check it out. And uh, I'm actually working with one of my musicians, Rod, who wrote the theme song for this podcast. I'm working with him currently to write a, a new outro theme song with lyrics and things for all of my videos, which I think will be very fun. Oh, so dang. listen in for that. But I'm not the only one with a YouTube channel. Tristan, you dabble in this this online video space as well? Yes, I run a YouTube channel called Step Back. Uh, I'm just four days away from ending my paternity leave and getting back into the video making uh, business. So uh, that's exciting. Uh, it's about how the past and the present meet each other and why knowing history is important. You can find it at stepbackhistory.com. Fantastic. And as always, thank you so much for, for your reviews. Everyone's been writing reviews. I got to look up how to find reviews on Spotify. I want to do that maybe next week. That'll be fun. Um, and t as always, tell your friends about this show. We really appreciate everyone who uh, spreads the show around. I mean, gosh, we're approaching 150,000 downloads right now. That's Damn. amazing. So it's all because you keep talking about it and keep tweeting about it and talking to your to your folks your uh, folks in that context makes it sound like I was talking about your parents it's because you keep telling your parents about our show right thank you for doing mm -hmm. that uh, and as always links to anywhere you can uh, download and listen to these episodes uh, can be found at probsnotaliens.com it's a really simple link to share with folks who might want to uh, listen to the show if they're interested but until next time the truth is out there probably probably